0: This is but one of a thousand true crimes.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to A Thousand True Crimes. You are here with Chelsea and Joe. How
0: is your Saturday going, girl? Dude, it was so productive. Um, I got like... So like my yard, when I think I mentioned this before when we first moved in, it was like um sorry, my mic is not I just realized it's not in a good place. It needs to be on the opposite side because I'm looking at you. Um so let me just resituate that. I'm literally laying in bed because I'm so sore. Oh. <laughs> so I literally have my setup in bed.
1: But at least at least your yard is done.
0: Yeah. Um it's ready. It's all mobile. Like, I got so many roots out. I ripped up retention wall. I moved earth. Um, it's all flat, and it's all mobile, and it looks so good. Now we just need grass. Like, that's it. And then there's this pile of, like, kind of, like, yard waste that's in the back corner. But my dad's coming down. Um the week of the 15th. And so he's going to help me deal with that corner. We're going to put in some beds for some vegetables. Like, I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked. Like, I tamed that garden. I did it. (laughs) You did it. It's ready. Let's go. Next summer and spring are going to be boss. I'm going to plant flowers. I'm going to grow seeds. It's going to be such a pretty garden. And then, right when the garden is at its most beautiful, I'm going to sell it and make like 150 grand off this house. (laughs)
1: There you go. At least you have a plan. You are ready. Ready to go. Good. Well, I'm glad you had a very productive Saturday.
0: Yeah, it was good. How was yours? What did you guys get into? You said you had a birthday party. It was.
1: Yeah, we had a birthday party for a neighbor's kid. So um, already a little tipsy from that. And then we're continuing. I am not putting that in
0: there. (laughs) (laughs) it's very normal i mean most no kids the act is normal our listeners can't know that you're already tipsy oh
1: i know right (laughs) um but i'm taking a break and then i'm gonna go meet up with everybody afterwards nice so you know continue the birthday party um you can have the adult part of the the party one yeah when they're under the age of like five I feel like the birthday parties are more for the parents Wait wait rather than the kid
0: but it's fine. Uh, sorry I heard you going into the case before we go into the case we had a correction from a listener. oh we did okay <laughs> um Mike from Canada thank you so much for reaching out um he uh, at some point in our last episode I think I said mm-hmm. that Toronto was in Vancouver. Or maybe I switched the names. I didn't go back to listen okay. to find out, but um, Chelsea and I can both verify this is a hundred percent plausible, and I very likely did that. Um, so, as we did with the what is it, the Darlie uh, Routier case, where mm-hmm. the whole time I called Ju- you are Justin, wrong. <laughs> Stephen. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, that's absolutely true. And thank you so much for pointing that out for us so we could do a correction just so everybody knows. Um, I appreciate it a hundred percent, but yeah, we have a correction. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> yeah feel, one, I'm sure feel free to send us those. I mean, I, yeah, that probably happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, all right.
1: Wow. Are you ready? Well, first off, what are you drinking? And then we're going to jump into
0: the case because it's kind of a long one. So I have the two-parter. I have some 13 Crimes. It's like a red Cali blend. It's the Snoop Dogg one. 19 Crimes? 19 Crimes. There we go. Girl. Get it. I don't drink that brand very often First because... exactly well,
1: now... <laughs> exa- see, this is what I'm saying. This is,
0: this is exactly my point. This has very likely happened on multiple occasions. So, you know, I, I'm sure that that happened. Um, oh. But I don't usually get that brand because their Merlot and their Cab Sav I don't like. And those are my main two drinks that I'm going to get if I'm going to, like, go grab a bottle of wine mm-hmm. to record. Is gonna be those, so I just don't buy that brand very often. But um, someone bought this for me, and it's actually good. It's like a little bit of a sweet wine, but it still has a little bit enough of a kick that it's not like too like you know like it's okay. not like a sweet red. Oh, it's good.
1: Good, good. I'm switching it up today. I'm actually drinking a beer. It's a watermelon dragon fruit burst
0: Ooh, a sour. That sounds oh, I love sours. By Wicked Weed Brewery. Jeremy used to love sours too. Yeah, I bet that's really good. Wicked mm. Wicked Weed is also good. So it's
1: good. It's yeah. So I'm kind of sipping on the on this, but um, I'll break into the wine in a little bit. But I'm gonna start off
0: slow. <laughs> All right. Well, are you ready? I'm as ready as I'm gonna be. I think because I know I know what we're okay. doing, and I am. I have been so good. Did you nope watch it? I I, no, I haven't. Okay. Not yeah. only have I not watched it, when I see people talking about it, like on the socials or in like real life, mm-hmm. I like avoid the conversation. Like I have been really good. I'm going into this blind. Okay.
1: Well, you definitely should watch it after we do that. I 100% um, am we going are to. <laughs> about the Netflix series Bad Vegan.
0: Here we and, go. Um,
1: here we go. So I got, obviously, a lot of my information from the episodes. I think there's like four episodes in the series, in the docu okay. series. And then I also read the original article that was printed, I think, in 2019 okay. in Vanity Fair by Alan Salkin. Okay. And there's like some information on people that did an article about it, as well as I listened to a podcast today called A Little Bit Culty.
0: Okay. oh yeah I've really heard awesome of this podcast. it's cute yeah. yeah
1: they're 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 great so um they actually had an interview with her so I did they really I kind of get a feel uh, <laughs>
0: it's like her
1: first interview yeah girl
0: um, I'm so ready to dive into right. this case
1: <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know this is about sarma Melangelis. I might have probably mispronounced her last name And her partner at the time, Anthony Stranges. Okay? Okay. So it opens up, and it's pretty much a phone call between Sarma and, at the time, we didn't know, but it's Anthony. And pretty much, it's, the phone call is, like, him trying to convince her to not do the Netflix series. Oh. And... At one point, he's like, I'm not some fucking joker, and he's pissed. And then it cuts this armor in real time, and she says, like, she's like, I normally wouldn't record people. Like, I feel sick recording
0: people, but fuck him. Okay. So, like, that's how it shit. starts. All right. Okay. So, there's some shit about to go down between these two people. Oh, girl.
1: <laughs> it's It's literally, like, you can't make this shit up. You just can't. Yeah. So we're going to step back in time a little bit and talk about Sarma's background. She grew up in Newton, which is a suburb of Boston, Massachusetts. And her older sister says that as a kid, Sarma needed kind of like her big sister to like speak up for herself. She had a harder (coughs) time expressing her thoughts and feelings. And when she was nine, her parents got divorced. Okay. And when they told her, you would think, you know, she would have some form of like reaction or this or that, but she actually ended up going upstairs and stayed in her room. And when she came out of her room, she kept to herself. So she's very quiet reserved and she kind of started identifying as she was growing up with more of the eccentric people, she said, "Okay," and she never wanted to be normal. Okay. So I think that gets kind of important to point that out because when you find out like things that start happening you're like why didn't she say anything like she makes it very clear like she keeps things to herself like even though she had to be outgoing for her brand personally she kept things to herself Mm -hmm. okay and we'll get a little bit more into that okay all right so in 1994 sarma got her undergrad in economics and she went to UPenn wharton in philadelphia and after graduating, she was hired by Bear Stearns, which is an investment banking company. Yeah. Now, when she was getting her undergrad, she mentions that economics was kind of like chosen by process of elimination. She wasn't passionate about it. And her coworker had actually asked her if she liked what she was doing and liked being in investment banking. And this kind of made her stop and actually think, is this really what she wants to do with her life? Okay. After a year and a half, she leaves... Bear Stearns and goes to culinary school oh so in 1999 she graduates from the French Culinary Institute and her focus was all about food at this point point. and this is when she meets Matthew Kenny he was a star chef in New York City and Sarma was already interested in working with him before she even met him what's like his name world renowned Matthew Kenny okay He's like a world-renowned chef, so she actually found oh, out he I was see. writing a book, <laughs> and she goes, yeah, and she goes to where he was like interviewing or talking, and she ends up actually meeting him and getting the gig to work with him.
0: Nice, okay.
1: So now she starts working with Matthew, and they start dating, and they open a restaurant car called Pure Few. Fu- Fu- wow pure food and wine okay and pure food and wine was ahead of its time it was raw vegan food okay and organic wines and alcohol which like back in you know early 2000s that wasn't really a thing yeah that was yeah like it is that it is now today that's true that's true So Matthew and Sarma start working with a rest, um, like an investor named Jeffrey oof, Chodoro, C H O D O R O W, and he becomes their investor. And the restaurant becomes a freaking hit. It becomes famous. There's celebrities, politicians, like it's the go-to place in New York. Okay, anyone that's everyone go, went there. So, we jump to Los Angeles, 2020, and we meet Alan Sulkin, who is a journalist at Vanity Fair and originally wrote the article, the original article, back in like 2000, and I want to say 2019, maybe 2016.
0: Okay. I can't remember, but it was a while ago. You said Alan Sulkin? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. S-A-L-K-I-N. Okay. And he sees this article come through about Sarma being on the run from the cops for about a year, and the way she got caught was by ordering a pizza. So we're kind of, like, jumping to, like, the end for a second. Okay. Now, he knew Sarma before all of this happened. This this and journalist
0: guy. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. And he mentions that everyone in the public sees this beautiful woman who's successful she lives this healthy lifestyle but she didn't always make the best choices okay and that's kind of crazy
0: okay okay scroll down i'm so intrigued by all these characters i know there's a lot so when
1: the first part of the documentary goes back and forth a lot between like present day and back when the restaurant was like up and coming and being successful.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So we jump back to when the restaurant first opens and Sarma meets a publisher and the publisher wants to publish her cookbook. Oh, cute. And this fits in perfectly with the brand that they are selling. So this is awesome. We come to find out from Sarma that, and Alan, that Matthew wasn't the best with money, and he wasn't like a super respected businessman in New York. He was known. So Matthew is her partner at this time. For the restaurant, yeah. He was known as the guy who didn't pay his bills and would stiff a lot of his investors. What? And so this kind of starts building up in Sarma, and she becomes resentful, and they start having issues. And they end up splitting up but still working with each other. Oof. And at some point, Matthew calls Jeffrey and Matthew wants to get rid of Sarma because he can't work with her. Oh, like God. So Sarma calls Jeffrey and tells him, you know, you need to figure out what you want to do. So he thinks about it and his options are Matthew, who's extremely talented, but has a bad financial history. And the other option mm-hmm. option is Sarma. And Jeffrey and her went to the same alma mater and he is just like, kind of like, you know what? Like, I have a good feeling. We got some stuff in common. So he goes and ends up picking up, ends up picking Sarma. Okay. Okay. All right. So he tells Matthew to leave and sell the restaurant. And this is kind of important. This is actually not kind of, it is important. He sells the restaurant to Sarma, but he takes on she takes on two
0: million in debt. Oh, Jesus, because he had mortgaged like his okay. portion of the property.
1: So, yeah. So Matthew just leaves and essentially like $2 Jeffrey was million. like,
0: Jesus. so that you
1: don't have to deal with like all these different investors and like I'll sell it out right to you. But you're in debt to me for two million dollars. Yeah, that's insane. OK. Yeah. But she owns now the re- – she owns
0: the restaurant outright. Right, right. Okay, Okay, All so right. this is, like, a big thing. Yep. I would be interested to know, to know okay. what, like, the annual uh, profit for it that uh, restaurant was. Like, are we talking, like, $500,000 a year? Are we talking, like, $250,000 a year? Are we talking a million dollars a year? Like, I would be interested to know, even though that does sound like a lot of money, uh. if this is, like, a super hot joint – then it might only be like okay it would take me like 2 years to pay that off or 3 years to pay that off or whatever you know and so it's like okay that's not that huge of a debt for her
1: i mean it was like extru- i mean it it was ex- it was very successful um but you know even though they're taking all this money she has to pay her staff. She has to be for the food. You know what I mean? So like Yeah, sure. Even if you're raking in a lot of money, you're not.
0: It's still ridiculous. No, I'm not know. I'm not saying like it's not ridiculous, but is it like having like a for a normal person, is it like having a $10,000 loan where you're like, okay, I can pay that off relatively quickly or is it like having a uh I don't know, like a car loan, like a $30,000 loan or a house, loan, you know, like <laughs> what is is this a a 35-year loan, so- a 10-year loan? <laughs>
1: yeah so Sarma she's actually in the series um and she makes it very known and it's public that the way she was she ends up being able to pay back her staff And I don't want to go too far into it because it's part of the story but she ends up paying back her staff the money that she owed to them by doing this series for Netflix so she's in it so she gives her point okay view so and it's a big debt so it's a big debt and okay, it seemed got it. like... So it's a big debt. So it it very much was like this is kind of like the catalyst as to like how things got started to get like. I got you. Okay, it's like one of the reasons why things
0: started to get really out of control. Okay, that's what I was wondering. That's what I was like. Right, right, right. (laughs) Now, that's what I was wondering. Is like how, what proportionately, how much of a debt is that for Mm -hmm. her status at the time, her socioeconomic status at the time? Okay, got it. Yeah. So,
1: now Sarma, she's constantly in the restaurant all the time, and it's her baby. So, Alec of course, Baldwin, right. actually, is part of the story. What? They met at the restaurant. <laughs> I know. They, I told you, it was like a place for, like, celebrities and politicians. Anyone yeah, okay. who's anyone okay. went there. Like, they, this was, like, a very successful restaurant. Okay. So, they met at the restaurant, and they started talking. They emailing each other right off the bat and she just instantly felt like she had this connection with him so like a lot of men because if you look her up she's extremely beautiful he had a crush on her but she was dating someone at the time so like they just didn't have a like the timing just was never right and he actually met his Alec met, met his uh wife through Sarma at the restaurant so like yeah so like they were like close she would actually yeah so she would send him links to dogs that needed to be adopted and at some point she comes across this dog that she just feels like drawn to and she had to get him so she adopts the dog Leon during the time she adopted Leon she was also going through a heartbreak aww Okay. So this is also Alec is a part of this as well as
0: Leon is a huge part of this as well. I mean that's her buddy. I okay. get that. Like I got my buddy, you know? Mm-hmm. Leon's the dog, right? Oh yeah.
1: Dog's are Yeah. Yeah,
0: Leon's yeah, yeah. the dog. Yeah. yeah Leon's Yeah, Leon's so
1: cute. So the Dang. restaurant is doing well financially, but Sama, on the other hand, she's you know she's two million dollars in debt which is a huge amount of debt and she's heartbroken she's alone she just wants to find someone to love and so this is like what I said like she puts out to the world this image of being social and fun and personable but she actually thrived on being alone and had to work really hard on that image that she put out to the world so we meet Bonnie. Crawford, okay, wait, hold on. Hold on. Restaurant.
0: Leon is the <laughs> cutest dog. <laughs> My God. Mm-hmm. So fucking cute. My God. <laughs> All right, carry on. So, and he plays a he plays a huge role too in this story. I just needed to let everybody in the entire world know that. And like he, they just like you know how like some owners and dogs just like they don't look like each other, but they look perfect together. Mm-hmm. They look perfect together. Like that's her dog. They do. That's hundred yep. percent her dog. He was meant to be her dog. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. All right, carry on. Carry
1: on. <laughs> So we meet Bonnie who was a manager at the restaurant and she tells us that Sarma meets this guy online and she's pretty like excited about this. And it was some guy that was, you know, having interactions via Twitter with Alec Baldwin. So she kind of um just assumes that he's part of their world in a sense. Okay. And this guy's Twitter Twitter handle was disciple of Todd. And he was funny and him and Alec was going like back and forth banter. So this is when we come to find out that this guy that she met is named Shane Fox. Shane Fox. And he lives in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And he lives in Massachusetts where she's originally from. So going way back, they would play words with friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together. (laughs) Yeah, girl. And finally, (laughs) after a few months, they start talking on the phone. (laughs) <laughs> and he presents to himself as this very strong guy that can protect her, take care of her. And at the time in her life, like this pretty much appeals to her. Like she wants to be taken care of. She wants to like have that partner in life to help her when things get tough like everybody yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. So she starts falling in love with him before meeting him.
0: Oof. It's, that's never that never works out well.
1: no. No. We jump to the end of 2011, and she finally meets Shane in person. Now, he's on the heavier side than what he originally showed in pictures. Okay. And she kind of describes him as like a defensive football player type. Okay. Okay. And it kind of puts her it puts her off because, you know, you're not. so not what
0: you're expecting. You're showing me photos of,
1: yeah, you're not what you're expecting. Yeah. And she doesn't want to be shallow or anything like that, but it does kind of like, whoa. That's not what I was thinking. Right, right. That's not but what you presented. Dog, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But her dog, Leon, ends up really liking him. So she kind of is like, you know, if Leon likes him, then he must be okay. And moves <laughs> forward with the relationship. Betrayal. <laughs> It's like, Leon, no, you, you missed out. You didn't do it right. Sometimes our dogs
0: oh. love toxic people as much as us, and we can't listen to them any more than we can listen to our own hearts. I just have to put that out there mm-hmm. for the world.
1: <laughs> Sometimes they get confused, too. <laughs> the only time that you 100% can guarantee to listen to is when your dog does not like somebody. That
0: you can be sure of. Yep. 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 <laughs> that is a real quick. Bye. Gotta go. But I have also seen my dog yeah. love up on some shitty people. And I'm like, you have no judgment of character. <laughs>
1: you are my moral compass. You're leading me. In that the wrong bitch way. has he never
0: been off. my moral compass. I am his moral compass. A hundred percent.
1: He's the worst. So at the time, Shane had 50,000 followers on Twitter and again, he's twinning back and forth with Alec. And so everyone is just like, you know, he's cool. He's got to be part of the world, part of our world. Why, I don't know, she didn't ask Alec, do you know this person is beyond me? But
0: it is what it I is. I bet it didn't, well, because it probably didn't even occur to her. It probably didn't like her. To ask him. Yeah. And, like, she's not going to say anything until, you know, she knows, like, a little bit better. Like, is this going to... Is this something serious? Is this something casual? Like, is this fleeting? And, like, she's not going to bring it up because she probably in her head is like, oh, this is someone who knows Alec. And and so I'm not going to make a, a, a whole thing out of it unless I know it's going to be something serious. I 100% like totally could see why she would be like, oh, I'm not going to say anything unless it's important, unless it matters. I don't want to make things awkward if we see each Mm -hmm. other and we break up or anything like that. I totally could see that.
1: See, I'm the opposite. Yeah. I'd be like, who do you know this person? Yeah.
0: (laughs) You should be like her. Um, Don't be like me.
1: (laughs) So people, though, are
0: suspicious of him.
1: So here's red flag. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's weird. Okay. So other people are like, hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. They're like, what mm, is going on? Okay.
0: Here?
1: He tells Sarma <laughs> that he was in some like black ops field and did things that no one knew about. That, that he is part of this military background. That is so and strange. He kind of makes it seem like he couldn't really tell her anything for her protection. Sarma also tells us that his laptop was very password protected and when she would enter the room, he would close the computer really fast. But she could tell it had like a CIA type seal on it and he would have to put in a password.
0: What does that even mean? What is she even saying? So
1: it seemed like to me like, When she got a glimpse of his computer, it would have, like... You know, like, the backgrounds that you can have of government agencies and stuff? Okay. Like, FBI, CIA. Like, kind of what you see on, like, Criminal Minds, and they log into their computer. Yeah.
0: He put... Yeah, it's kind of something like that. But you could just download those kind of things. Come on, girl. I know. I know. The the early 2000s were brutal to people who were just barely too old to understand how it all worked.
1: Yeah. And also... I'm gonna just throw this out here right now. If anybody that you meet right off the back tells you that they were involved in like secret military, thank that you, they can't tell you about and black ops, uh-huh. it's a fucking bullshit lie, Listen. and you need to walk
0: away. Listen, she's telling the truth because they're not yo. gonna tell you that shit. I know. You would have to be. <laughs> not you would have to date. be married for five years before they would ever even hint that there was something going on.
1: Mm. <laughs> so. She also talks about a time that she walks in on him reviewing some drone footage. Like, he's just rolling.
0: Like, he's playing. But, like, anybody can do that.
1: (sighs) Mm hmm. Okay.
0: This poor thing. He
1: also mentions, I know, he also mentions he had an assistant, a driver. He was in a Bentley at one point, he wore a Rolex. So, he's playing this up that he is part of this, like, secret military service but he has all this money and money is not an issue money just comes to him yeah and at one point there they were in midtown and he made her wait in the car while he ran into a building and he came out with a manila envelope with loose diamonds in it (laughs) it was implied that it came from an evidence locker so someone's father meets him and asks him about his job and he said he was in black ops and her dad asked like like Blackwater, and he was like oh yeah something like that
0: (laughs) oh no i
1: I just get so mad because i'm like y'all oh no they would not tell you this yeah
0: they just wouldn't if it was real they just they just wouldn't um they would have a cover story okay. already. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I work in mechanics or I mm-hmm. work in, I don't know, <laughs> what other, yeah. what other yeah. unimportant things are there? Not me- Not yeah taking that out too it's not
1: going to be like I worked for Blackwater and I did all this secret yeah secret stuff I mean, like I'm gonna le- I'm an electrician and, and I have
0: to protect you I do plumbing for the military yeah. like that's <laughs> yeah like I yeah it's it's no I'm in landscaping <laughs> I mow the lawn <laughs> <laughs> yeah like so
1: summer feels like they are in a relationship, but he still lives in Massachusetts and he's in and out and she wouldn't hear from him for a few days and then he would come back. So she's very confused about all of this. And at some point he asks
0: her for cash. No, see there, you out done. No, bitch. Fuck off.
1: She doesn't remember exactly when the first time was when he asked, but he suddenly needed like six ten thousand dollars see okay wait like that, I, that was like the that was my
0: next question i was like wait is he asking for like 20 bucks or is he asking for like 100 bucks like 20 bucks sure i can i can spot you 120 bucks but like if you're asked ten thousand dollars what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in the podcast that she did
1: <laughs> um in the interview she mentions this she's like i don't remember like the first time because a lot of people that do that okay that manipulate people they bring up the fact that they make it very urgent like it's just like out of the blue yeah. there's no work up like to the it. tinder like swindler they've already got you yeah they already got you in their in their like net okay so to say okay. so to speak and they're like they're like oh my gosh something's happening i need this money i swear it won't happen again and i'll pay I, you I'm back so sorry and you're like well I, well you've never asked me before you've never done anything to show that you're untrustworthy
0: so sure yeah okay so guys off, we're identifying i wish i could give people we're identifying ten thousand a pattern here so just everyone pay attention mm-hmm. this is why we listen to true crime over and over and over at least it's why i do we're, we're seeing a pattern here if they ask you for a lot of money and it's urgent verify the emergency
1: <laughs> yeah and i just want to know how do you just have like ten grand that you can just give to
0: people? She's obviously making a. She's in a different tax bracket than us, Chelsea. Um. Yeah, yeah, a very <laughs> different tax bracket at this point. It's yeah. Like, it's it's probably not that. It's probably not that much to her. I mean, it's a lot. I'm sure it's a lot to her, but not like. It's. I feel like for us, it'd be like if someone wanted to borrow like probably like five hundred bucks. You know, it's like, well, that's a lot. I mean, we got it, but that's a that's still. Huh? What for? Yeah. What well, for? So like, I need to a know some questions details questions here because that. no, that's gonna hand over five hundred bucks. No. Do you know how much wheelbarrows so cost meet? these days? Absolutely not. <laughs> You're like, that's my whole yard. Absolutely Hello, not. So what, no, thank what's you. What's going
1: on? Um. So we meet Anthony. Okay, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but C-A-R-U-A-N-A.
0: C-A-R-U-A-N-A.
1: U-A-N-A. He's Italian. Carana?
0: Carana? Carana? I think that's the best that we can do as Americans. Well, Okay, Okay. I lied. Sorry. Let me take that back. I think that's the best that you and I can do. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's very...
1: We, okay, so we meet Anthony Carana, and I'm just going to say Anthony C. from here on out. Okay, because okay, there's another Anthony. Sarma's friend. Yes. Okay. He is Sarma's friend. Okay. And he is you your typical Italian like he's like the stereotype don't fucking cross him don't cross him and he has done some shit and seen some shit in his life he is a character when you watch this episode you'll be like I want you as a friend because like he's a ride or die okay and you don't want to be the enemy of his friend got it
0: okay like he's just that typical he's the trope what he's the Italian trope the Italian mm-hmm, mafia mm-hmm. trope yep but
1: she has known he has known Sarma for about 9 years and he was homeless when he met her. Oh. He says that one day they just made eye contact and they started talking and it just turned into a friendship cuz Sarma's a very genuine generous and genuine person.
0: So, okay, hold on. Like they're all... showing a bunch of different pictures. Is he like slightly grizzled? No. Or is he wear glasses?
1: No. No, Is he
0: just Just don't Google him. Just don't Google him. Young he, with a goatee. Just no, just don't worry about it. I got to know what he looks like. Just stop like. Googling. I, I'm only on images. That's all I'm on.
1: I don't think you're going to find him. Oh, oh. No, 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 he's good. He's good. We like Anthony C. Okay, okay, all right. I just don't think he's like, you know, he was, he, was he was homeless at the time. Like, I don't think he's going to be... Unless someone screenshot him from the documentary. I don't think he's
0: out he, there. This is totally him. He definitely looks grizzled. <gasps> Show me it real quick. It's, it's him with her. She's in this picture.
1: Okay, that is some
0: yes. <laughs> That's a grizzled face. Okay.
1: Okay, that is him. yes.
0: Maybe it's not. I don't um, know. I mean, it's not a bad face.
1: Yeah, the, no, he's good. We like okay. him. He's 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 a friend. Okay and he kind of joins the restaurant family and you can tell that she really does care about him um and like i do want to say like all of her employees Carmen's employees that worked at the restaurant like they looked at her as like a mother like they everyone genuinely loved her Aww. and like respected her and she was genuine and she was a, she's a good person like she just got fucking Wrapped up in like the podcast a little bit culty is like a cult of one. Mm-hmm. And that is what happened to her. Okay. All right. Um, so Anthony tells us about the first time he meets Shane.
0: Ugh.
1: He was sitting in a chair. Like Shane was sitting in a chair in Sarma's apartment. And Anthony tells her, if you need anything, don't hesitate, hesitate to call me. And Shane goes, <laughs> no, sorry. And Anthony quote says he stuck his big fat head out and said she's got me that's why I'm here and he smiled at Anthony and so Anthony leaves so he's like that's what he said mm-hmm. like he got mm-hmm. he, okay. so Anthony leaves and he's like who the fuck is that and there was nothing nice about him Oof. so Anthony's like fuck this dude mm. that's never a good sign <laughs> so We start to learn a little bit more about the relationship. And Shane would hang out a lot more at the corporate office, which was her apartment for the restaurant. And the employees, they were made, they were very aware of him. And, and. Hold on. Okay. So they were like, everyone's getting kind of suspicious of him. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, you met him on the Internet, but we don't really know anything about him. And one time he calls, and the ID, the caller ID says, Anthony Stranges Okay. So her friends oh, no. are like, who the fuck is Anthony Stranges And looks him up, and guess what pops up on Google?
0: I'm about to find his out. mugshot. <laughs> I'm about to find out.
1: <laughs> yep, his mugshot. So they bring this up to Sarma, and she kind of just, like, dismisses it. And he tells Sarma that he would have multiple identities based on what he had to do. And in the police record that they show in the documentary, we see Oh no. We see he is (laughs) he is charged with falsely identifying as a police officer. No. And he tells her he tells her that while in Florida, a situation had happened and he was trying to get it sorted out.
0: And this is so terrible. I know. She believed him? Yes.
1: At the time, she did. Oh, this poor thing.
0: This poor, poor mm-hmm. thing.
1: So, a few months go by, and she's getting frustrated about him, like, disappearing and coming back. And she ends up ending the relationship. Oh, and she ends up visiting her mother in New Hampshire, and her mother's house is kind of, like, out in the middle of nowhere.
0: Okay.
1: And her mom had to leave for, like, something. Okay. So, Sarma isn't as comfortable in the country as she is in the city, which I can see. There's, you know, there's a reason why I don't go camping. Oh, yeah.
0: Fuck, fuck um, the country. I mean, <laughs> I love all of y'all who live out there, but I uh, have too much anxiety. <laughs> mm <Mm-mm>. mm <laughs> I need to yeah. know that if my I need house, to know is that my, if something, yeah, happens, my neighbor is right next door. That's right.
1: <laughs> if someone tries to murder me or does murder me, they're like, well, I heard. Screams yes. Like, two in the morning. like I need, I need people.
0: So that is exactly it exactly it. it. exactly it.
1: And so she's not as comfortable out in the country and. Anthony Shane, whatever you want to call him, starts offering to take her and Leon back to the city, and she finally agrees. So, and I, okay. So at this point, I'm now going to start calling him Anthony, no longer Shane. Okay. Because we know that Shane Fox is Anthony um Strange. Okay. And then
0: Anthony C is the friend.
1: Anthony C is just a friend. Like he's just in the documentary, and he's just a character. And I just want to know his stories. Got it. Okay. Temp okay. um, So Anthony, her, Leon, and his father drive back to the city. And this is when his father was able to back up everything that he has told her about being in black ops, about being the secret military, like doing all these special missions. And she kind of starts feeling better about the situation. Okay. So they start dating again and he brings her to tiffany's one day and they are on this they're on the very exclusive part of tiffany's where they bring you champagne and they're like trying on rings one of the rings was eight hundred thousand dollars good grief girl i remember one time i went into a david yearman off of like rodeo drive and I tried on a ring and the ring was like $80,000. And I was like, Holy let shit. me take this off my finger real fucking quick. Because this will You're like, happen. take it off, take it off, take it off, take it off, take it off. <laughs> take it off,
0: take it off, it <laughs> off. <laughs> I don't have too much anxiety. <laughs> this
1: is not. Mm-mm. Oh, gosh. Is all the diamonds there? Please. Yeah. I can't afford anything I didn't else. touch it. I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it. You take it off. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um afterwards, after Tiffany's, they went to the King Cole Bar at the St. Regis for a drink. Okay. And just in that moment with the like King Cole Bar is a very exclusive bar. Okay. And like been trying on engagement rings and all this. She she's caught up in the moment and she tells him she loves him. Mm. So, he would use this against her. What? Anytime they were fighting or whatever was going on and he would he would um send her text messages being like remember how you felt at the King Cole bar so he would like end up like any time that she was like i'm done da 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 he would be like remember tiffany's remember king cole bar like he would use this to reel her back mm. in ugh so now he's showing her houses that he wants to buy entire townhomes and there was one on Fifteenth Street near the restaurant, and it was listed for fifteen million dollars. She's the broker. Be, the broker of the house of the townhome believes him, and he told her that he had funds stashed away somewhere in the Cayman Islands for twenty-two million. There was a safe deposit box that had twenty million dollars in diamonds. So they make an offer and he sets up, um, he ends up setting up an appointment and like meeting with private bankers at Barclays, Okay. which is like an investment or a broker company. Okay. So Barclays believes that he is some high roller and they are like dying to have him as a client. Yeah. So like things are checking out, like all this money is like checking out. Yeah. So. They're going back and forth with the brokers on the property, but after a while, the funds aren't there. And they end up not getting the townhouse because the funds were taking longer than they expected. Okay. Well. has a very twin, uh, what is it, um, tender, swivel yeah. feel to yeah. it. Jesus. So while all of this is going on with the townhomes and the $20 million in diamonds. She still owes Jeffrey the $2 million, and she is no longer on a regular payment schedule with Jeffrey. But Jeffrey is extremely supportive of her. So Anthony is telling her, oh, that is nothing. I can make that debt go away easily. So she starts looking into this as an option, and she speaks to her tax guy, and he's wondering, she, like, she's wondering how would this work with taxes, etc. And he kind of jokes, well, if you marry him, he can give you the money tax free. So oh, no. within 24 hours, they were married. Ugh. They got married in 2012 and it had only been about a year that she had known him. Oh. Now, she's not like super excited about getting married. She keeps it down on the, keeps it on the down low. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't go out of her way to tell people because she's essentially like, I'm trying to get this debt paid off.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if I have to, marry, you know, like, I love you, but, like, I'm cool. But, like, there's red flags are starting to click with her. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. I got you. I got you. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay.
1: So <laughs> Anthony is still going on about how he's involved in some underground military And he introduces her to this guy named Will Richards. And he's supposed to be some computer tech expert who works for the government in Europe. So in the documentary, we meet Will. Okay. And he says that him and Shane have worked together for years. And he can't go into too many... (laughs) Here we go again. Certain words. (laughs) Some words are hard. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Um, They can't go into too many details. Nailed it. And he's pretty much, Will is pretty much there to make sure that Sarma doesn't go off the rails and do anything crazy. Okay. That's like essentially what she's told that Will's job is. Okay. So now we go into episode two. February 10th, 2013. The second episode starts off with Will reading an email that he sent to Shane. The email says everything is bagged and tagged where it should be. It's in the hangar at 1. Transport is at 1:30. 1:30? One Jesus. One thirty <laughs> is your green light. In and out. Then get gone and stay gone. So, Anthony tells Sarma because of his job and being in this dangerous world, Joe he needs all of her passwords to emails and what not to keep her safe
0: and to encrypt it. Oh no, Chelsea! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she buys it? Yes. Oh my god.
1: So, Will is pretty much like Anthony's IT guy and he's responsible for making sure everything is secure. So that's why he needs all of her passwords to bank information, emails, etc. Okay. Now, Will never actually physically meet Sarma, but they would they would talk online and if needed, but had like gaps in between. Let me guess Will isn't real. You just have to stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get a bit more history of Leon the dog, Aww. which is like the bright spot of this whole mm-hmm. thing now Leon is pretty much the love of her life and Anthony realizes this and uses it to his advantage Anthony starts talking about past lives and he tells her that he had an earlier version of Leon in one of his past lives and he's playing on the idea of him Sarma and Leon have been on this adventure together and they have been looking for her in all of his past lives and yada 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 oh no we also find out that he used to call her TBH. Do you want to guess what TBH stands for?
0: I'm guessing it's not, to be honest. <laughs> no,
1: no. Sorry. Just because, like, I know how everything plays out. I'm like, it's actually really funny. <laughs> um, No. Tiny Blonde Human. Okay. But he uses it in the context that, like, he's not human. He is something much greater. He is from a different world. Oh, no. (laughs) So at this point, Anthony is, like, gradually getting Sarma to believe that he is this, like, some type of immortal being. And if she just follows along, goes with this program he's telling her about, he can make her and Leon immortal, too. Chelsea. To prove this, he starts using tests to convince, to like show Sarma like you have to pass these tests. If you pass these tests, like Chelsea, you're one <laughs> step closer to becoming part of this supreme world. I don't. He tells Sarma that he, she needs to wire him money, $10,000 Chelsea test, to show that she can be trusted. So he tells her, I'm going to give you your money back, but he only gives her part of it. At the time with the vegan world and the world that she was in, Sarma is also surrounded by a lot of people that believe, and she does too, kind of like believes in the, it's called like new age mysticism, 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 mysticism. Palm readings, crystals, like all that. Like, she's very intrigued by that. And she does believe in some of that thing. So, like, he's playing into this. Okay. So, Sarma is taking the whole raw raw food movement around the world. She opens up a juice bar called One Lucky Duck. That is around the corner from Pure Food and Wine. At one point, Lucky Duck was in Whole Foods People are wanting her to grow her business to other locations and countries. And at the height of the restaurant, there are around 7 million in gross sales per year. Whoa. In 2012, Sarma was in the best position of all her businesses and was able to give Jeffrey, who she owed the money to, a check for
0: $100,000.
1: Which is like a pebble sized dent
0: well, into that
1: $2 million that she
0: owes. But it's something, girl. <laughs> it's something.
1: It's something. And, like, Jeffrey's – and, like, here's the thing that kills me is, like, Jeffrey is not pressuring her for that money. Oh, yeah. Back. Like, he believes in her. Yeah. So, like, if it took her 30 years to pay that money back to him, he was cool with it. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: So, Anthony starts to act like he owns the restaurant and star- Sarma – be oh, Jesus. Sorry, y'all. Sarma, <laughs> 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 birthday parties, man. Sarma starts to become more introverted, and her employees are continually, continuously being very suspicious of him, and they do not trust him. Uh. One day, he comes into the restaurant and asks where these employees' files are, and he just ends up taking them, and no one knows what happened to those files or why he needed them.
0: Okay. Like, he just took people's files. Okay.
1: Yeah. Not a good sign. No. I'd be very nervous. He would tell Sarma that he could he could tell if someone was a red shirt, which is bad, or a blue shirt, which is good. He tells her, if you go from a blue to a red, then that's bad, and he can't fuck around with this.
0: Tulsi, this okay. is crazy it girl this is crazy just buckle the fuck up oh my god i told you like this you can't make this shit up max
1: um let me get to our like the point.
0: next episode okay all right yep, yeah, perfect yeah.
1: so we see will again and he's reading an im that he sent to Sarman. He says, Sarma, this is Will. I'm doing a weekly service on Shane's account. Have you heard from him? He was gonna email me last night, but never did. She writes back that at 149 he was in a car. He basically said in a car and that and then shit's going down. Will tells her he can't get a reading off his phone, so it's either dead or in a dead zone. And the second phone also no signal. He's what the off fuck the grid or in a hole somewhere. So she says that's reassuring.
0: Of course she does, because, like, what the fuck are you telling me? Like, fuck you, dude.
1: And Will says, poor choice of words. He is in a black hole, no reception. So he's just, like, feeding her this, like, image of him being this, like, black ops dude but is, also like the extreme okay, also
0: he's either dead or in a dead zone people those exist you can go through a little blip where your cell phone doesn't have service they they happen like it's not that crazy yeah, or he's dead like oh what what is wrong with you also, also just a little
1: tidbit here if someone is telling you that they are in a secret service black ops military thing And they are emailing you from a Gmail account? Yeah,
0: stop it. You're right. Yep. Stop it. In
1: fucking correct, sir. Stop it. (laughs) It's all through, like, Hotmail and Gmail and, like, all this shit. And I'm like, girl, it's a lie. They don't
0: use that. It's just, like, (laughs) I have to wonder how... This is why you can't isolate yourself, okay, completely. Like, you have to have the people around you, even if it's not many. Like, you don't have to have many. If you're just one of those people who doesn't have many, that's fine. But you still have to have some who could say to you, you are fucking insane right now. <laughs>
1: Seriously. Well, it's about to get even worse. Okay. So Anthony tells her that he needs money again. Shocker. So it's like 20000 30000 40000 Oh, shit. But he is still not, like, really responding to Sarma or reaching out. So she starts to communicate with Wilmore and is asking if she is fucked. Like, what the hell is going on? Because he does, like, Anthony does say, I need this money, but I'll pay you back. Like, I have the funds. You've seen the funds. I've shown you the yeah, paperwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is nothing to me, but I'm in this situation. Whatever. So Will tells her he's fighting rebels in Africa, but don't let him know you know stop that. Stop it, Charles. And he says, "Stop he'd, it. He'd rather he'd rather keep you shielded from it all and let you think he's an asshole than ever risk you taking
0: heat. Some would think that that noble. It's Anthony, and also that's stop it, stop, <laughs> stop." I can't. So, if you're fighting rebels in Africa, then again, I need details because you could definitely be on the wrong side of history. So I need you to tell me exactly who hired you because I'm not going to have anything the fuck to do with you. The fuck do you yeah. mean rebels in Africa? Which fucking rebels in Africa? Oh, this poor woman. So Anthony.
1: What, is continuously playing into this thing about how he's a supreme being and he knows all this stuff. Because he would always know, like, what she was doing or who
0: she was talking to. And he's to. black ops. So yeah. he has time so, like, to do a lifetime of spiritual study to the to, akin to the Dalai Lama from the age of 12, but also train to levels uh, that would have, be required of someone in black ops. He has time to do both? Yeah, because he's a supreme being. Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Got
1: it. <laughs> So someone tells us if she was sending an email, he would let her know that he knows what she's doing. And she's like,
0: how does he know this? Because he's stalking it you to your email. Uh, or, or, yeah, that's right. He has all your passwords. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <laughs> so
1: one time she's at this vegan restaurant in L.A. And she hadn't told him where she was going to be at and a member of the staff at the restaurant comes over and tells her that there's a man named Anthony on the house phone for you. So he's just like stalking Straight her. Straight up now. stalking her. He would also tell her about the family, and the families in quotation marks. So this pretty much otherworldly beings that would... Judge all of your tasks to make sure you are completing them correctly so that you could pass into like the other life where you become the superpower. He implies that in California, there is a house that is related to the family and you would need to, and you would need to change your physical form to enter the house. He tells her that if she doesn't follow everything, then you would make them mad and you won't get everything you want. But if she does do everything, then you can do whatever you want and have Leon live forever. He would tell her about his brother, could see her everywhere and anywhere. And he would say, if you don't send me the money wire, his brother would kill him. Stop it.
0: <laughs> I just want to punch him in the face so bad. Girl. So bad? <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, it's, buckle this up. He's a fucking bastard.
1: Yeah, so she would be like traveling around and even in New York City where her apartment is, he would tell her, you can't go back there, something bad would happen. This is also like... she's living out of hotels. Like the one with the
0: opera singer. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like knowing, ugh, stop terrorizing women like this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, so essentially, like if she's traveling around... Or even when she was in New York, he would make her live out of hotels that he would choose because did she, he would say, like, you
0: can't go did there. Did she have to pay for happen. those hotels that he would make her stay
1: in? hmm Um, I mean, it's not... She never says it, but I'm going to assume Yes. How, like... All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. Okay. So at this point, her assistant is the only one that is working in the apartment And he notices one Monday that a cabinet is broken like someone punched it. And there are little droplets of blood. And Sarma just kind of makes up these excuses. He would also tell her that they could only... Oh. Yeah. So Sarma just kind of makes up all these excuses about like what happened. So the assistant's like, what the fuck is going on? Anthony would also tell her that they could only talk about certain things when they were in, quote-unquote, the box. One time, she tells us a story where they were in a hotel, he went to the bathroom and came out after a while and said, okay, we can talk. Now we are in the box. After the talk, a little bit, time goes by, Sarma goes into the bathroom, and there's blood in the bathroom. What?
0: hmm What? What? I know. This band is not mentally stable. Mm-mm. Okay. I- what? What? It gets
1: worse? We have to talk about the meat suit. What? I'm sorry. If Sarma is listening to this, like, I have your back 110%. Like, fuck this guy. I just, 110%. I, to, like, I,
0: I don't. Fuck this guy. I don't know how to,
1: like, respond
0: to a lot of these things. <laughs> so I just laugh. Survival t- technique. That's us. We would go down laughing. <laughs> okay.
1: So we're going to talk about the meat suit. What? So when she first met. <laughs> When they first meet in person, Anthony wasn't exactly the weight in his Twitter photo, but he also wasn't, like, super overweight, okay? Yeah, I saw that but there were two started,
0: different kind of size pictures, yeah, mm-hmm. I
1: saw. But as I started dating and time goes on, he starts gaining weight, and he says that he is doing it intentionally so that she would be disgusted by him as some form of test. In a message he sent Sarma, he says, quote, I am fat fat. For you, because of this idiocy, I look forward to not being fat again. It's depressing. And I need a fixed-up meat suit.
0: No. uh, No. uh, Yeah.
1: What? So, at this point, things are just fucking insane. How is she... And she's able... She's just... And she says it in the podcast a little bit culty mm-hmm. is that when they were interviewing her and she does say it in the documentary too, that she's like, I wish I could tell you the reasons why I fell. But like a lot of the times it was like, she was so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't see at this point yeah. that she felt like yep. she couldn't get out. It's like, it's she, yeah. like, she's like, yeah. And she said like a lot of the text message you see, you see her pushing back to him. It's she gets wrapped back into him when they're in person.
0: Yeah. So
1: he's a very like, yeah, he's able to like manipulate oh, poor her baby. in person, but on text, she's able to push back. Yeah. So it's just like she's so far in that she
0: doesn't fucking know what's going yep. on anymore. Yep. That's how it gets, this poor thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Now she is able to confine in one person Nazim. Okay. Nazim, in a way, was kind of like Anthony's assistant. So we meet Nazim. He's Russian, by the way. So I'm going to try this name. So, like, S- I don't
0: know. Rush- Russian's
1: hard. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm not. Um, We meet Nazim. Okay. I like Nazim. <laughs> okay. His last name is S E L I A K H O V. Okay. There you go, you guys. And he is Anthony's associate. Okay. And in 2013, Nazim was a bartender on 21st Street, and Anthony becomes like one of his regular customers. He tells Nazim he was ex-military and shows him scars, and said that when he was in the war, he buried some treasures, which FYI is extremely illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nazim is kind of like impressed by his lifestyle, though, like seeing all the flashy Rolexes and cars and the money. Okay. And Anthony offers him a job to help in opening the new juice bar. So Nazim jumps at this opportunity. Of course. And he ends up directly giving Anthony $35,000. But they never signed any papers. So like Nazim kind of like fucked himself.
0: Oh.
1: Now, Anthony is pushing the spiritual paranormal lifestyle on Nazim as well. And he calls Nazim one night and tells him that the devil talks to him and he's talking to me that I gotta collect souls. And Nazim is like, What the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, what is wrong with you? And that's when Anthony realizes that he can't manipulate him like that. Got it. Okay. And if Nazim ever called him out in a lie, Anthony would get extremely angry.
0: Oof, okay.
1: And Nazim is actually the one that tells her, Tells Sarma you need to start recording her conversations with him. <clears throat> so you do hear the converse some conversations in the documentary and it's fucking insane. Oh shit. So Sarma is continually, continuously giving him money and between two thousand and twelve and two thousand and fourteen, she sends Anthony one point seven million dollars.
0: Do you know how bad that-, that probably hurts her to see that number? Yes. And then to see her. So she debt. does
1: say, yeah, and we'll, we'll get into this. In, this is the end of this episode. You have to tune in to find out what happens. Next. Yeah, we're breaking this into a two parter. Um, so
0: you're going to have to come back next week for this. The, the last part.
1: But she does say that, like, the biggest thing that hurt her the most was the money. It wasn't all these. Uh, next episode, we'll get into more of it. All the cost breakdowns. Yep. But that this, her not paying her employees was the hardest debt to to live with. Oof. Yeah. Okay. It was like the smallest amount, but it was the hardest amount to live with. And that's why she agreed to do the Netflix series. Because all the money bypassed her and went to pay her employees.
0: Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think she has right. a really good a good heart. I think hundred percent she has she a dies. really good heart, and I I hate that this happened to her. Mm-hmm. Me too. Wow. Well, let's do a quickly weekly win. Okay. for this week, and then so gonna, uh... my weekly win. I got, I got two weekly wins. <laughs> one is that one of my videos went viral on TikTok. Woo-hoo. <laughs> two is that my yard looks amazing so just gonna just gonna take that one right there there you go, <laughs> there you go. So, uh, those are good weekly yeah like not it. bad right all right what are yours
1: um my weekly win is that it's saturday yeah girl i'm just going with that it's hasn't been a bad week or a good week it's just been a week and i'm just happy it's saturday
0: night no more um there you go (laughs) super messes to have to clean up i said no more super messes to have to clean up
1: super messes oh oh from the nap time yeah Yeah.
0: oh kids they're the best aren't they it's All up. right, well listen um, again, Mike from Canada, thank you so much for uh, giving us that correction. We totally appreciate extra eyes and ears on that stuff. and if you guys like what you're listening to, you can find us on Facebook at a thousand true pod. I knew I was go- I, I knew I was gonna mess up one of these days. 1000 True Crimes podcast discussion group or you can find us on Instagram at a thousand True Crimes pod. Um, you can also find us on Anchor. That's our platform um, where we broadcast from. And yeah, stay safe, lock your doors, get a dog, never let them take you to a second location. <laughs> Mm-mm. Yeah. All right, you guys, be safe out there. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.